It's Coalfield and Company. I, I, there's something wrong with me. I start to crack up so much. Watching dogs flip out and run in place. Betty or Wilma? Wilma. What? Yeah. Oh, and that's scene. You know I always go for the offbeat. If you get a text, that means we're not talking on the phone. <laughs> that's it. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Bailiwick, the Orleans, is our spot today. Boyd Gaming, the official home for Lotus Broadcasting during Golden Knights hockey game. So tonight, Orleans, come on down. Bailiwick opens at 4 o'clock. A great happy hour and then lots of fun times during the game. Puck drop. A little bit later tonight, puck drop goes at 7.30. We've got NHL uh, playoffs, five games today, starting at 4 o'clock. So we'll keep you abreast of what's going on around the National Hockey League. It's time for The Three, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Walking the fine line tonight with injuries, right? You want to get the hell out of the series. You want to get out of the series. But you're not exactly at full strength uh, because the dreaded game time decisions, that list is growing and growing and growing for the Knights. Well, it's weird. I would say ideally, if you could guarantee it, you would want to win in seven, right? I mean, I think that's... That's where it would be, and I say that because wouldn't you rather extend this series as long as you possibly can to start to get some people back if it's going to be you know, a week or so until they're ready? I mean, who knows? Yes. No, it's that's, possible. That's if you can guarantee that you're going to win in seven, and you can also guarantee me that no one else is going to get hurt. No, of course. I mean, I'm being, like, right. there's I, no I way it. you would do that, yeah. but what you, I think you, what you would want to do is extend the series and try to get some guys healthy. Now, again tonight, game time decisions. For all, I mean, you just laugh every day on this. It's so silly. You never have injury information. Adam. Do you cover the team or not? But it, well, I cover the opponent right now. Well, normally, um, but yeah, I, you're I, on the Knights plenty. Sure. Uh, I, th- I mean, they've been a game time. Max Pacioretty's been a game time decision like nine straight games now. Uh, day to day, who knows where he is? I don't. Day to day with a month to month injury. It's 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 insane. Sorry, now, I got it wrong. Day to day with a week to week injury. Sure. If he, you know. Do we think that there's a possibility if they wait a week, if they were if they were to play seven games and then start the Colorado series, that he'd be ready? I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's some sort of optimism that, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel in terms of when he could be back, but who knows? Uh, Tomas Nosek, uh, you know, goes down, and he's a game-time decision again. And now you got Alec Martinez, uh, who is a game-time decision tonight. So you're right. I mean, the, the problem with that – thinking if you try to stretch out the series is first well first you're allowing yourself to potentially lose you don't want that uh but yeah you're you could potentially get more guys hurt and then and then not get anybody back and then where do you find yourself so yes you go out and close close out the series of course uh and hope that you get some guys healthy and get them back uh but there's no guarantee for sure mickelson wins we both gave our that was kind of the feeling we're not big Phil Mickelson fans on this show. We're more Tiger fans, and there's a lot of stuff with Mickelson tied to Vegas and, you know, the uh, the dirty stock stuff and all that, the allegations around him that have sullied his name for many. It, it, it shouldn't surprise me, but there are certain golfers, and it's not all of them, the whining sometimes, complaining about conditions when – they play in like the most pristine conditions right. ever. 
I think every, just about every major golfer has had something negative to say about fans here or there over the last five years. Sure. You know, it just, Patrick Reed with the, you know, blades of grass moving or someone jingling coins in their pocket. Um, what, Spieth's henchman, caddy, you know, telling people don't click their phones when they're taking <laughs> pictures. Um, I think at one point McElroy said, you know, he was getting, he was getting, you know, a bunch of guff about, his fiance or girlfriend, he's like, ah, I wanted to go over and punch him in the face. Like, all right, guys, you know, we know Do that it. Bubba Watson's had issues. The latest one is Brooks Kepka. Kepka is actually alleging that people in the crowd, when it got, you know, real tight, were going after his knee. I mean, it's, it's, it's bizarre. That his thing. knee got bumped a couple of times, and he's, he's, he's bordering on, like, hey, they were going after the knee. Like, really? I mean, on the surface, it sounds insane. Um, I saw what happened with Mickelson on the 18th. Now, I wish they would have – I don't know what they were going for, like a chokehold. I don't know what they were trying to do. I wish they would have finished it, not killed him, but at least, like, put him out of commission for the tournament. Uh, that would have been great. But I, there was – it was insane on that 18th hole. Yeah. So – but, but very old school. We've seen many moments in the past where you had, you know, giant crowds just swarm the green. Yeah, I'm talking they like were, way back, but they were like, like 60s. They were aggressively physical with Mickelson. Huh? Arnie could handle it. Phil can't. Well, Phil can. Kepka can't. Jack could handle it. Kepka can't. For, I guess. I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I mean, don't it know. does suck. I guess you have to. You know, you got to tell security like, hey, I got a bad knee. I can't have people freaking you know bumping into me and you know potentially low bridging me. And I don't think you expect physical contact from fans when you're, when you're out on the course. This, could that be just like was was a hit sent out by? You know, Big Bryce? Jeff Galuli? No, not not that kind of hit. <laughs> well, I guess that kind of hit, yeah. Yeah. Bryson DeChambeau and Kepka. you know? Bryson's like, yeah, let's get him. It adds some Here intrigue. Here's, here's to a 100 the, spot. Yeah. Go bang him in the knee. It adds some intrigue to coming tournaments for sure. What, what moving forward? Or the, if Kepka's yeah. knee got more jacked up? No, if, 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 they, if they did do that. And then, and now you've got some upcoming tournaments where maybe they're they're paired together and they got to talk about it on the course. That'd be fun. Uh, Kepka said it would have been cool if I didn't have a knee injury, and got dinged a few times in the knee in that crowd because uh, no one gave an ass personally. <laughs> That's true. But if I was fine, yeah, it would have been cool. All right. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I kind of understand where he's coming from. I, I mean, I, Mickelson said it felt unnerving. Shut up, Phil. I'm fine. With I mean, Kepka. there is. If we're gonna sit here and defend. We're going to defend NBA players and, you know, baseball players. NFL, you know, most times if a guy runs on the field, he's dead meat between security and, you know, one of the players maybe getting him in a headlock, punching him in the head, or getting just taken out. Uh, but for baseball players and, you know, for NBA and for golf, I mean, I guess it, on a golf crowd. Yeah. It's a problem I mean, when it happens to anybody but Phil to me. Okay. So That's, you kind of enjoy it. I'm though. going to be hypocritical about this. And well, you have to fun. be a jerk. Anything that happens to him is fair game. All right. Is not Le killing him and not severely hurting him. But, yeah. Is LeBron allowed to complain about Chris Paul? Yeah. And getting kind of low-bridged and... Yeah. Yes. LeBron can do whatever he wants. Because you're not objective or he knows others will listen? Because it was yet another time when LeBron went down to the ground and was on the ground for a while where I heard people calling him a wimp. Just well, like last week. And, and I think part of it stemmed from, as you said, last week. Part of it stems from the end of the Warriors game. And I, I, I don't really get that. Because is there anybody thinking that the Warriors situation wasn't real? 
He got poked in the eye in a drive to the rim and then banged the back of his head on the floor. There were lots of people saying he was acting. He gets up. His, his freaking eyes starting to blow up. He's blinking. Like, oh, fake. You see the replay, and it's like a couple of you know dagger hands going into his face. Like, I, I, got hit. I, as a lifelong Warriors fan, Steve, was actually watching the game with some Lakers fans. And, you know, I was, I was starting the LeBron's faking. He's, you know, he's really playing this up. Only from a fan perspective. And then I was, you know, as it wore on, I was like, all right, I'll, clearly I understand. Like, he's really hurt. The guy's head just banged into the floor. Like, I'm just joking about him faking it, faking this. But then, as you said, people all over the Internet are like, really playing this up, what a dive. You know, tee him up for, for faking this. Like, dude, his, his eye got poked and then his head hit the ground. A very hard ground of an NBA floor. What are you? What are you talking about? He's he's milking this now. Yesterday, maybe a much better case that he was, but are you going to hold n- not milking it against him? You know, the the legitimate injury that he had the other day. You're going to hold that against him for saying that he's now milking this one? I, I guess so. It never ends for the guy. <laughs> it never no. ends for the guy. No. And, and uh, I mean, I, I I think a little bit is. Uh, ensuring that people know how hard this is at this age. Sure. That there are a lot of bumps and bruises and, and show the guy a little respect for playing at this high level at this age. But also, like... I will say 180-pound Chris Paul uh, nearly dumping 280-pound, or dumping 280-pound LeBron did... I mean, I guess at any weight you can undercut someone. Leverage. He did, he did move him a lot, though. But yeah. you know what? When it comes to mentioning weights in basketball... I ain't doing it. We're moving on immediately. I'm certainly not doing it with our local story. I'm not even going to mention the local story. How about that? You can go look it up. We've got a basketball player who's worried about weight and size being mentioned. But I, I, I know when I was watching the game yesterday with LeBron, I, I did say two days ago, whatever it was, yesterday. Um, I did say, I was like, wow, he moved a lot for a guy who's 280 pounds. So you kind of get the feeling when coaches say that, like, how do you move someone that big that easily? Come on. Really? Coming up next, we're going to get back to the uh, age relocation story. We're bringing on folks from towns that are on the list, supposed list of candidates. Next up, we go to Louisville, which is kind of interesting because there's been a lot of chatter about NBA there, you know, NBA expansion. Uh, We'll find out from Andy Sweeney, who does ESPN Radio there in the afternoons, if they've talked about this A's moving story, A's to Louisville, could it happen? Nova Home Loans brings you the three. It's a refi raid at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. The biggest hang-up here is the political climate. That's just the hardest thing to overcome in a city like Portland. Unless you're going outside of Portland, any sense of public money that you need, you're going to get an immediate no from probably the majority of the people in the surrounding Portland area. It's unfortunate for the sports fans of it, but the political climate just makes that a really tough hurdle to climb over. It's Cofield and Company on the road. Orleans for... VGK Hockey tonight, Golden Knights, 7.30 puck drop right here inside Ballywick. So that was the voice of Dirk Johnson. He does radio in Portland. He was talking about Portland's baseball plans. I know they have a, uh, a baseball group trying to develop a stadium plan. Um, some in that market are hot and heavy for baseball. Uh, Dirk kind of gave us the uh, the middle road and gave us an honest assess- uh, assessment there. It was like, hey, where's the money coming from? 
and we're kind of getting that with a lot of the markets we talk to. We're bouncing around the country. Who else can or wants to compete with Vegas to get the A's? Let's go to Louisville. Andy Sweeney is doing radio there. He does the afternoon drive show on the ESPN station. Andy, how you doing? Ah, uh, fellas, good afternoon, man. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. So I think because we've had a lot of success with, you know, well, maybe not on the field with the Raiders yet, but it's going to be a big moneymaker because the Golden Knights are really good. It feels like we're hotter and we are heavier. This is a big show. But we're hotter and heavier for Major League Baseball uh, than some other cities. So we wanted to kind of do a fact-finding mission with you guys in Louisville because Louisville has been sure. mentioned. So how much have you guys talked about it? Um, are, are fans getting with you? Are they fired up to try to get into Major League Baseball? I mean, the, the answer is easy. It's no. Um, with that, I mean, I mean, so you don't have to – Vegas doesn't have to worry about the city of Louisville. You know, it's really odd. The saga of pro sports in Louisville is just an oddity. It's something – I've been in radio here for about 12 years or so, guys, and it's always been kind of this fight. It's never been Major League Baseball or the NFL. It's been a little bit of hockey and, and, and pretty much NBA – so when that story came out, when that list came out, and Louisville was on any potential list, Major League Baseball-wise, I mean, honestly, I've I mentioned it maybe once on the air. I mean, we had Kentucky Derby. We had uh, Chris Mack, the head basketball coach at UofL, get extorted by Dino Gaudio, who was an assistant. That carried us last week, content-wise. It's just not something – I mean, there's a AAA affiliate here. The Louisville Bats are the affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. You know, the Reds are only an hour and a half up the road, right? You know, the Reds are right up the road. Uh, I mean, so it would be something that they would want, but also it would be something that pro sports here in Louisville have been such a battle for years. Do we want it? Do we not want it? Louisville at least once, if not twice, have ruined an opportunity to get an NBA team that nobody here really has any expectation uh, that Louisville Major League Baseball is ever going to be something we actually talk about. Well, I mean, I guess how much how much is that desire for the NBA kind of driving this, you know, maybe not being fired up and excited for baseball? I, I, I'll say this. I did a, uh, a ranking of most likely cities to get an NBA expansion team last year, uh, and I only bring this up because I had Louisville fourth, and I had so many angry emails and calls Saying like that's ridiculous. They should be higher on that list. Oh, really? Like, like Louisville seems to really want the NBA. So is that yeah. is it so focused on the NBA that they're like, who cares about anything else? We want NBA. No, I I, mean, I, I would say no. I would say one doesn't have anything to do with the other. Okay. Now the saga with the NBA is an odd one. So if you remember, there was this uh, Hall of Fame coach in Louisville named Rick Pitino. Okay, <laughs> and Rick Pitino along with Tom Jurich, who is the AD then, who got fired when everyone got fired at Louisville like three years ago. If you remember that, the, uh, the FBI and all that stuff, the strippers in the dorm, the, you know, the back-to-back NCAA stories that we've been dealing with. So Tom Jurich, the AD, and Rick Pitino were very against the NBA coming to Louisville. They wanted it for themselves. They got a downtown arena for themselves that even brand spanking new guys, now this would have been, you know, seven, eight years ago, ten years ago or so, even brand new was not up to a total standard of the NBA. And the Camp Young Center is one of the most beautiful arenas you can have. And so since then, it's been Kansas City, it's been going back to Seattle, it's, you know, whether, you know, whether it be Vegas or a number of other cities. 
And, and those two guys, Rick Pitino and Tom Jurich, were against it. They were against it. Um, they missed their opportunity. I think it was when Charlotte had issues. They missed their opportunity there a decade plus ago. And since then, it's been a divisive topic that now when it comes up, especially over the last couple of years, I personally roll my eyes. Now, there is a commission here in Louisville called the NBA to Lou, and actually Dan Issel runs it, the great, you know, Dan Issel. He does actually two-hour radio show now <laughs> on our air in the midday. And so he's trying to help accommodate if they want to expand to bring something to Louisville. I never think it's going to happen. I would love for it to happen. This area is basketball crazy, as you know. They would take an NBA team 100 times out of 100 over a Major League Baseball team, and especially Kentucky and Louisville, especially Kentucky, have so many guys in the NBA, right? They have so many guys in the yeah, NBA. Yeah. Uh, but the baseball thing is not, it is not something, and the NBA to Louisville has just been a saga over the last 20 years, and I just never think it's going to happen. Andy Sweeney, 680 uh, ESPN in Louisville. Who owns the arena? Who has control of the arena? Uh, well, well <laughs> here's, what, here's what's happened. UofL is the main tenant, okay? Louisville got a sweetheart deal back in the day with Rick Pitino and Tom Jurich. And since then, it has it's had to be moved around. A lot of money's had to be moved around. They would need, I think they said, $150 million in an upgrade to, like, you know, to some locker room stuff and a couple what? amenity items to even get the NBA, uh, uh, you know, up to speed if you were to put something down there. I mean, the Yum Center needs something, right, especially the last year and a half when you had no concerts there. It's been a great downtown venue, um, but it's just completely controlled uh, by U of L. They get the first dates, they get the second date, they get the third date, if you will. And that's just the way that's just the way that it's always been. They got such a good deal early on. They control pretty much everything that happens in that arena. Steve, you look stunned. Do you think it's brand new? Because in my mind, I was thinking it was brand new. Well, I mean, it's relatively new. 2010. Okay. Well, and that's not that old. Ago. Yeah. Yeah, why would, why would what, you build? Years old or something like that. Why would you build an arena that's not up to NBA specs? Were they? It was budget conscious, or they do it on purpose as a way to? I, uh, I, well, this will keep purpose. the NBA from coming here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my guess would be on purpose. I'm telling you, oh the last God. regime that was here did not want it. And the issue they've had is Louisville isn't a big city. So you have, um, you have, okay, are there going to be enough sponsors? You know, UPS has a big hub here. Well, if UPS gives a bunch of money to an NBA team, are they going to have enough money for U of L? And U of L worried about U of L, especially the old U of L. Okay, the old U of L, that regime, they were worried about U of L, and that was it. So that, that, that was kind of the, that, that was kind of the thought process there. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. I think Louisville is a premier college town that has the Kentucky Derby, that enjoys pro sports, uh, that, that watches as much TV as anyone in the country. But as far as bringing in, and they've never been able to find, you know, you, you played that clip coming in. They've never, and you guys know, they've never been able to find a money person, right? Like, like, like a top-shelf money person, several billion dollars. They had a mysterious Chinese investor like, like like seven, eight years ago, and they thought maybe that was going to turn into something. It didn't turn into something. They brought in Dan Issel, and Dan Issel's trying, but there's only so much he can do, and I just kind of feel like it's fizzling out. I think Louisville's just set, guys. They're going to be a college sports market. We've got a AAA baseball team. We've got the Kentucky Derby and all of that, and, and that's just the way it's going to be.
What about um, like a money combo of uh, Papa Schnatz and Shaq? <laughs> or or, or has, has, Papa, has Papa sworn off Louisville completely? <laughs> well, no, yeah. If you remember, uh, what was it? Oh, three years ago now or so, you know, four years ago, whenever he got into his latest uh, issue, yeah. the, the name they took the name off of the football stadium here. Right, right, right. It used to be Pop- yeah, yeah, it used to be Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. And so they, they took the name off the stadium there, and, you know, he's given up. You know, he sold. I, I don't know the, the exact terms. He got so much money on the way out. This dude's got more money than God. Um, but, no, he was very, you know, his money was all over the place. And I, So, you know, Louisville still hasn't put a name on their football stadium since they got rid of Papa John. Wow. Since they gave him back his stuff. Uh, but, yes, he, it would be great if he and Shaq uh, combined, but – I'm telling you, it's like, I, I swear, it's a 50-50 cut. I feel like there's a ton of people here that would go to bat for it, that would love it. And I just feel like, guys, there's a ton of people here that would not. And it wouldn't be, and it wouldn't be because of taxpayer money being used, right? right it right. would be because that they would feel it would be bad for the university or universities here, if you want to put, you know, UK into that. It'd be bad for the state to be directing money away from those schools and, and to a professional franchise. That's one of the biggest fights here. I'll never understand it. Nashville has moved uh, beyond Louisville because of this. I mean, Nashville gets a hockey team. Forget NFL for a second, but Nashville gets a hockey team in other cities, Vegas being another one, have, they have just all moved beyond. Indianapolis has moved uh, two hours up the road, an hour and a half up the road has moved way beyond Louisville when it comes to pro sports. Cincinnati has done the same. Cincinnati teams always stink. <laughs> None of them are any good. They're all bad. You know, they got Joe Burrow and that's it. So, man, it's just it's an odd market. And honestly, except if something crazy happened NBA, any pro sports thing I would roll your eyes at, including Major League Baseball. Do you guys have, like, a better celebrity to represent yourself? Like, so we stop saying schnatz. Like, you've got to have somebody that you'd rather have representing your town. Oh, man. Man, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Jennifer like, Lawrence, Muhammad Ali. Oh, Jennifer you know, yeah, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Muhammad, yeah, Muhammad Ali's yeah, pretty good. I, I was actually – Yeah. I was looking for other alternatives. Uh, yeah, I think Ali nails it. But he, he obviously is deceased, yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jennifer Lawrence is from here. She went to, like, one Louisville game. That's kind of know, good. It used to be Rick Pitino, you know. He used to be the big guy on the town. But uh, now he's in Iona, so he's not here any longer. So I'll say that's about it, yeah. So wait, Jennifer you guys. Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, Andy Sweeney's with us from uh, 680 ESPN in Louisville. You have a new soccer stadium, right, for the USL? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So how, how was that it's, built? It's Who paid for that? Beautiful. Well, okay, so he, so here's what happened. So here's what happened there. It holds about 15,000 people. It is absolutely beautiful. Uh, it hasn't got a chance to really be open at full right. steam because of uh, the pandemic and everything else. So on Friday, we go to 75% here. So whatever 75% of 15,000 is. Uh, so and, and then early June, they'll have uh, it at 100%. And you know what's crazy? Louisville, again, okay, so here's this saga. And this is just like, it, it, it's heartbreaking because here's the point. The women's team, um, Racing Lou, is in the highest. Uh, 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 class, if you will. So they are marketing themselves professional sports, pro, 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 right? On the men's side, Lou City came on the scene and immediately was a hit 
They played in a triple-A baseball field that was not set up at all, guys, at all for soccer. They worked it out with the, the local triple-A team, and they played there for a number of years. They got the investment. They got a bunch of guys, you know, with some money, uh, including a couple big wigs, okay, not, not to build an NFL stadium, but built this soccer stadium in kind of a part of town that they needed to, you know, be developed. It gets developed, and they have this soccer team. And while all this is going on, there was a movement in the MLS. Remember when they expanded a couple years ago? The MLS expanded and expanded to Cincinnati instead. The MLS expanded. Cincinnati had big-time money uh, and, at the time, was putting, like, 25000 in one of the football stadiums or whatever they were in. And so the MLS naturally went to them. So Louisville is going to have this badass USL team, uh, this men's team. They won two or three championships in their first seven, eight years or whatever. They're good again this year. We carried their games this year, which has been exciting. But I feel like they're going to get caught with the Louisville cap. They're, not, they're never going to be MLS, right? Like the MLS went to Cincinnati, and the Cincinnati team's no good, but they had all the money. And so for whatever reason, Louisville misses out on that, but they have a beautiful stadium. Andy, we appreciate it. That was good stuff, really good stuff. Thank you so much. Hey, take care, guys. There he is. Afternoon drives, Louisville. Andy Sweeney. I, I didn't. We didn't have much more time, but I was like, "You're you're you're better off with that MLS." Yeah. If they, let me tell you, if they if they try to get MLS and they don't try, I mean, obviously they're two different animals. But if they were pro MLS and then not into the NBA, like you guys are nuts. The MLS is a nightmare. Yeah, I mean MLB. You'd rather have over over that too. Any any of the major sports over that. I almost called it something that. You're not supposed to call it, but uh, it could be in the shape of a you know, three-sided shape. I'm lost. <laughs> it's a. We learned that you're not allowed to call it the, that because it's an actual thing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm lost like the audience is, so we'll reset. We'll come back. we got Mike Trudell, who's a Lakers sideline reporter, coming up in about 15 minutes, and we'll take you through the schedule for the NHL and the NBA on the way. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. The Nuggets, Mike Malone and Coach... Michael, Michael Malone. Michael Malone, my, my apologies, Coach. I'll get that right here in the playoffs. Uh, it's Cofield and Company on the road. Why? Steven. Why? I've never understood that. I mean, if it's an annoying nickname, like if your name's Richard and someone keeps calling you Dick repeatedly, yeah. you know, or Mike, Michael Malone and it's Mickey. Maybe you call me Stevie all the time. Actually, you know what? Here's the thing. I wouldn't care. I don't care. Well, in that moment, it's weird to care. Isn't it? Like, Cassidy Hubberth. I've better never. Yeah, Hubberth, Hubberth, whatever. Right, uh, she's a good broadcaster, and then he's like Michael, not Mike. Like, well, it's weird because I'm. All right, not, coach, you've had to deal with this during your life. I never have. What do you mean I've had to deal with it? Steve, Stephen, I've almost never had to deal with it, and I certainly well, don't go Steve. That, what I'm saying is, you have a name that people use two different forms of. They, they you know what the, the? Okay, at I don't know government entities they do. I, but I, the, the here's the thing. 
I've always found it. I've I always thought Stevens were jackasses, like who insist Accurate. on being. Oh, oh you yeah. mean who were like Steven? <laughs> like, who cares? Sure. I, I, I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from. What I'm saying is, like, I don't. I've never had to deal with it at all. Like, my name is not really shortenable. Or I, mean, I like Stephen A. Smith, so I don't want to call him a jackass, but like Steve A. Smith, Steve A. Smith, Smith have like, the same ring. Yeah, well, I mean, why can't I could can be Stephen A. Cofield? Now, I will say this: I'm not a Stephen, so I don't really know. It's my middle name, um, but I don't really know. But I'll say that, like, if my name was Stephen, do we know an important Stephen in town? And I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting. I don't on. know. But if somebody called me, if I, if my name was Stephen, and somebody called me Stevie, it'd be on site. What does that mean? Like Stevie, uh, it would be on site. Oh yeah. What does that mean? Uh, it would. There'd be some problems. There's no problems. You're you're so meek. You're lying. No. But I get. I get that. That's what it would set you off. Stevie. All right. But if but like Steve Stephen no Mike Michael, like uh, even if even if you're what I'm saying is even if you're annoyed by it, even if it bothers you and it's something that's a, that's an issue for you, pr- like in that moment you're in the middle of coaching a playoff game. Right. Let it go. Address it I later. Mean, it, it is a loss. After or no, game, was it during the game? It was during the game. Oh, that's 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 what's he, that's what he's thinking about. The I most. was watching it live and I was like, "Whoa, what just happened?" And then she immediately threw up like a meme, like as if she's sitting there courtside, like, "Never do that again." Uh, but a- yeah, it was, a- it was so Ari. weird. Ariel or Ariel? So yeah, that's a good one. My my name is Ariel. Okay, I. And if you if you're called Ariel, what? It's a Little Mermaid. Well, I mean, you it's, get mad it's at that, annoying, or if I called you, if you, if I called you Ariel every day, would you, would you get? No, if, hey, if you, could, if you could pull it off, I, it's such a hard name for the last decades for people to pronounce for some reason. I'm being sarcastic. Like I don't know why it's so hard after the first correction. But my answer to you is, yeah, that's fine. If you went by one <laughs> or the other, but you got to get it right. So to your point, guess, Mickey. Yeah, no, that's not it. I guess Robert to Bobby is a big jump. Robert to Bob. Bobby. Rob. <laughs> I like Rob. I always thought Rob. I think shortening it to Rob's good. I've like Joe to Joseph. Do you know people who are like it's Joseph, Joey? I did work with the. You know what? I'm, I'm using I'm using opposite form of the name for every guest this week. Okay. <laughs> if, if I can, if, you know, if we know they have the so, full form or they go by the full form, I'm going short. Storm. It might be my brother's favorite thing in the whole world. Is it? it, it like you, you will never get him laugh to laugh harder. <laughs> That if you use the different form of somebody's name, and I might have said this before. What a I, dumb bit, because I've been doing that forever. With, I know. Uh, freaking Bobby Manfred. I know somebody who I've never heard them say the na- the common name of, of a certain player. And I will make him, I will bring it up in a conversation every time I'm around him in a group, just to see the reaction of the group. Because people are like, what? And it's a, such a random player, too. It's Vincent Young. He always says Vincent Young. Oh, really? He's never said Vince, and I have to try to make the name come up every time we're in a conversation because of that. But here's the other one. He also says direct television. That's weird. That's so weird. Yeah. It's, it's, it always throws me off every time. Jonathan Von Tobel, John Von Tobel. He doesn't have an issue with either one. Johnny? He would, he, he, he's been addressed as Johnny. Johnny Von Tobel. I've heard it happen I feel by Jonathan like... Murray down at uh, Westgate. <laughs> Jonathan Murray. I don't know if his full name is Jonathan. I don't know why. Why did you just laugh? laugh. It's, it's funny. Wait, 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 what a mature show. 
<laughs> she's gonna get get under people's skin by calling by the, uh, the opposite form of their name. It'll make me laugh, but I don't know. Like I don't know why it's laugh. funny. I mean, it just is. It's funny to use the form of the name that people don't use. Or- Andy to Andrew. Do you ever call? Some, you, do you, you know some Andys? You call him Andrew. Well, he he has a that the main Andrew that you're thinking of. I think has a nickname that everybody calls him, and so okay. it's it's nothing. Never an Andrew. Very rarely, but but I Michael Malone. Hey, Mike, it's Michael. <laughs> I just All right, coming up. Can't imagine we you got, get that worked up. This could be a hangout. We got Mike Trudell on. He's a Lakers reporter. <laughs> I hope this doesn't our first time out of the gates. I hope we don't screw this up. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, it's always just AD being AD. Um, anytime he comes to the pressure and tell you guys we can't win without him or with him playing the way he played, uh, he always responds. So looking forward to that. And uh, when AD is AD, then we're the Lakers. It's Cofield and Company on the road. Orleans is the location. Bailiwick getting ready for Vegas Golden Knights hockey tonight. Game five. Knights try to close it out against the Wild. Did I get that right? I'm all over today. I'm yes. all over the place today. It's Cofield. It's Adam Hill. Let's get to what LeBron was saying there. He expects a big performance from AD as the uh, Lakers are down one nothing in their series against the Suns. Mike Trudell does sidelines. Outstanding LA personality. He's up with us. Michael, how are you? I miss Vegas, guys. Okay, I miss summer league. It's like one of my favorite things to do. I it's miss the back. Lakers preseason game. That's always uh, that's always there. In Vegas, um, I miss. I won't disclose the location. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to. I miss staying there. So yes, mm. I miss Las Vegas. I want to come back soon. It looks like summer league is, is happening again in August. Uh, everybody get the vaccine. Well, that was a. Uh, there's a lot of messages there I want to get to, but I just breathed a real sigh of relief. <laughs> I, I pulled a. I pulled a mic to Michael on you, and apparently with uh, Michael Malone, that's an issue. <laughs> so not all Michaels are real specific about the name. You're okay. You know, my, so my actual name is Michael. My mom uh, and my wife are amongst those that call me Michael. It turns out that women tend to call me Michael more often. Guys tend to go with the short, with the Mike, or with the true, like a nickname like that. But, I no, I'm good. I, I couldn't care less, whatever suits your fancy. But we do care. Um, there's some, to me, there's something relatable about, more relatable about the short name. You know, when the name is shortened, isn't it like there's, there's something kind of stuffy and snobby when you go with the full name. Isn't that the case? So it's a little more broy, I think. Sometimes I, I, yeah. I sort of chose to use Mike more just because it's quicker for just for sports stuff. So when you, you know, if I get introduced or hey, it's Mike, as opposed to hey, it's Mike, all the extra syllable, you know, I feel like that's wasted time. It's a little bit inefficient. You, you can, you can probably guess that we're just obsessed with this. Uh, I'm not going to stop. You, Lakers I, at fifty nine. No, I'm very, I'm very intrigued when you said your wife calls you Michael. Is that only when you're in trouble, or is that all the time? No, that's all the time. Yeah, I mean, because it is, you know, when, when I met her, right, like, my, that is my, my name is Michael. Um, now I, I tend to probably say Mike more often because I met her. Uh, look, I don't know if I want to go too further, much further <laughs> but yes, bottom, bottom line, I was, I was like, I can give you the long explanation, but it's kind of boring. Um, bottom good. line is yes, it, I'm good either way. Uh, believe me, we're, we're doing this all day. We're, we're, very, we're very intrigued Wait. by it. Wait a oh, second. I know how it works. Yeah. Adam, Adam, where are we from the, the fully vaccinated standpoint percentage? Do you know? Uh, I thought we just creeped, creeped into the 40s. We're only in the low 40s? Yeah. What do you think of that, Mike? Well, I, look, that's oh again, that's a whole other larger topic, but I, the, uh, the science does seem to be pretty clear. Um, I have been an advocate. Um, I, was, uh, I was very happily vaccinated. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, and I think that the more people that do, the more we can see, like we saw the crowds at Madison Square Garden um, and, like, that kind of thing. There, there was a vaccinated section um, in Los Angeles. 
So yeah, I think that I think that is going to help, and hopefully that helps the the whole industry um, return. Although I don't know, you guys tell me, has Vegas been popping? Is it like yes. nothing ever happened there right now? <laughs> yes. uh, it's getting strong, and and we followed the CDC last week. So if you're fully vaccinated, you can take the mask off. But here's the thing: no one's going to ask, so pretty much everyone can take the mask off. Mm, okay. Yeah, I mean they're not. They're not uh, it's it's bad for business at casinos. We're at a casino today. They don't they don't have a your security guard going. Put your mask on or show me the vax card. It would just be a disaster. Interesting. Yes. I carry I carry mine around laminated, just begging for somebody to ask me. Well, I can't you're, wait. You're, you're a virtual signaler, so you're trying you're trying to show off that you got fully vaccinated. <laughs> that's that's what's going on here. Fine. Mike Trudell's with us. Uh, all right. So let, let's get into what happened yesterday. Is this just to be expected in game ones for the Lakers? I mean, if if you want, we can go back to the Mike and Michael thing if you want. Don't tease us. It did happen uh, last year against Portland and against Houston in round one and two. It's obviously a little bit of a different team this year, but the main core, and obviously with LeBron and AD at the helm there. Um, I The thing to me that stood out the most was I think that when they played Golden State, you saw how they came out in the first half. Oh, well, if you saw, I'm sure you got, I'm sure you two did. And they, they weren't quite there yet. Golden State had been playing in meaningful games for about a month to that point to try and make sure that they had a chance uh, to get in to the postseason. And the Lakers adjusted at halftime, and all of a sudden LeBron and AD came out, and it was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's LeBron and AD. That's the team that won the title. And they erased that 13-point lead and end up winning the game. And it seemed like there almost was a bit, just a bit, of a collective sigh of relief there uh, getting into the postseason. And I think that there was a, a big sense of confidence, despite them being the seventh seed and Phoenix being the two seed. And they did hit a couple shots early, and even that almost portended to, like, A.D. then wasn't aggressive from that point on. LeBron, you know, wasn't his typical self on a couple of plays defensively. They weren't getting back in transition. They're giving up offensive rebounds, just kind of effort, energy stuff. And meanwhile, you could tell that Phoenix had been just lusting for this game, right, as well they should have been. They had been sitting on it for a week. They haven't been to the playoffs since 2010 when they last lost to Kobe uh, and the Lakers. So all of those factors, I thought, combined to, like, the shorter way to say that was the Lakers didn't bring their A game, uh, and I expect that they will in game two. Now, if they don't, then that's a whole other conversation that we have to have. But, like, if you just look at the tape, if you look at the box score, you can see that there are a lot of really correctable things for the Lakers to do for game two. How much do you make of, like, LeBron traditionally has always called, you know, game one the feel-out game, just kind of settling into things. Like, how much do you make of that just being, uh, that's just what LeBron does, and that's how he kind of leads his team, and that's what it's going to be for the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, there's something to that now, but I think that's more a product of him playing 10,000-plus postseason minutes. And when LeBron is looking at a postseason, typically, right, and this goes back, of course, years now, he's looking at, all the way through the finals. And to him, like you can't just approach every game, especially every game one, like it's game seven. You just you can't do it. You have to you have to have a certain amount of of space uh, covered moving forward into the future to to and, and like this is where it gets tricky guys. Pace is the wrong word, but there's there's a little bit of that you you just can't approach it um, like that game seven. And I think that's what he's saying. So it's it's not it's more he's using it to figure out, okay, here's what Phoenix is doing. Here's how I'm going to counter that next time on offense. He basically just figures it out. And usually it only takes him a game. He can do it in a half, which we saw against Golden State. But I think when, when he's thinking like that and he's not in that kind of game seven mode, sometimes his teammates can take a cue from that that they shouldn't, um, which in this case maybe that was AD, you know, not, uh, not playing to his own capability. 
But I always have to remember everybody after a game like this. You have to beat the Lakers four times, and so I do think that there, there's a part of that that it's like a human nature thing since they've been there before, since they have vets, that, they, that it's just there. And, and that's what happens sometimes, I think, in these game ones, so much you know, less so than it's like a plan that they're going to go in and not play their best. But uh, that we've seen it happen now enough, and we have to kind of listen to LeBron when he tells us that. So does that explain why LeBron didn't get downhill a lot? I think he had, what, four shots inside of 10 feet? Or was it something the Suns' defense did? No, I think that I think that explains part of it. I think the other part is that you know he's at this point you know he's not going to keep talking about his ankle every day. But I think it's pretty clear that he's not a hundred percent on that. So that could have some of it. And again, maybe he's he's looking at this as a as a series, not as a game. And when he needs to, uh, he will go to what has to happen. Uh, same thing again, guys. Second half against Golden State. All of a sudden, he's at the rim more when in the first half he wasn't finishing. So that's all part of it. But to me, the biggest thing that will change in Game 2 is Anthony Davis. If he's aggressive, all of the rest of the stuff that wasn't working on offense just sort of peters away. He had 42 against Phoenix two weeks ago uh, in a game that LeBron didn't play in. So, like, he's got it in him. When he goes like that, there, there hasn't yet been a matchup for the Lakers and for AD specifically. Did anything surprise you about the Suns where, you know, after the game, you're like, hmm, I didn't know that about the Suns? I mean, so I wouldn't say that just because I've watched them so much this year, um, and as that is part of my like direct job, right, to uh, to keep these things monitored. What I will say is DeAndre Ayton played better than he's played, um, certainly against the Lakers, and that was a difference maker. But I think they can account for that some just with the tentative uh, attentiveness. So I mentioned the transition stuff; a lot of that was from Ayton. Uh, I mentioned the offensive rebounds; same thing. So I don't think you're going to see him go nine of ten every game in this series, and I think that the Lakers will will do a better job of attacking him on the other side of the court. So. He was the guy that I thought played above um, his his typical level against L.A. And then other than that, you know, Phoenix just, they, here's the thing that was a little different. The crowd there, the Lakers haven't seen a crowd like that yet. And because teams just, you know, maybe Utah, they were, they were getting close to that earlier this season. And I thought they benefited, by the way, guys, a lot from that. But that Phoenix crowd seemed almost like a full, like a full crowd. And it just... I don't, I don't want to say it rattled a veteran team like the Lakers, right, especially somebody like LeBron, but a couple guys missed shots that they usually hit, and I don't know. I, I think you have to give the fans some credit for that and just give the Suns credit. Like, they were better. They deserved to win that game for sure, um, and, and it wasn't really that close. What's the crowd situation in the coming weeks? And some of this you can't predict, but what's the deal <laughs> in L.A.? Yeah, so that's, that's to me really like a almost like a day-by-day thing. And whatever the county restrictions are, they have to follow. And then I think the team makes a determination itself as to what the number is going to be. But I, I'm guessing, guys, it's not going to be close to what Phoenix was at, at least for game three. And then we'll see, right? Like, we, I haven't gotten any info from the team or anything on what the guidelines are and what they're looking for. But, you, but I, I think it'll, it'll be enough to make a difference. Let me put it like that. Yeah, we're at 11,000. Is that right, Adam? We're at 11,000 tonight for, for Golden Knights hockey. Yeah. 11,000. Eleven thousand. I mean, look, eleven thousand. You know, that's that's enough, right? That's yeah. an, it's oh, not yeah. great. It's not ideal, but it's enough to make a difference. More so, like when there were two or three thousand in there, a uh, little bit tricky to feel that full vibe. Uh, though I think they got up to five or six thousand against the Warriors, and like that, you know, relative to what it had been with two, it was fine. And I think if they get eight or ten in there, it's gonna feel it's gonna feel like a full building. Did you think Chris Paul was a little dirty with uh, LeBron? Uh, I don't. So I don't want to. I don't want to go as far as to say dirty. I, I mean, I've watched Chris Paul's whole career. Uh, it's it's basically coincided with. I started working in the league 
in 2006, like two, kind of 2006-07 season. And, I mean, Chris Paul is going to fight and scratch and claw for every inch on the court. That's just what he does. And what he's done for this Phoenix team is raise their floor. That, he's why they're the two seeds. I think Devin Booker might be the best player. Chris Paul is the most important player. And, he, guys, he took OKC to the 5C last year. And they, they took uh, James Harden, Westbrook, and Houston to seven games in round one. Uh, in, in what's really not a great, uh, wasn't a great rest of the roster. So the question is, can he go up a level? And, and that's where it's, it's sometimes faltered in the postseason. We know that LeBron and AD can go up a level. And, and that's ultimately, I still believe, going to be the difference in the series. Mike, we appreciate a couple of minutes, and we'll do our best to get everyone vaccinated here so you can enjoy uh, Summer League in August. You know what, guys? I love Summer League in August, okay? Uh, I'm going to say it again. I, I don't even mind the 115 degrees. I, I only need to go to the pool for like 45 minutes. It's fine. Uh, go back in the room, get a workout in. Um, so, yeah, so I appreciate you guys doing your work. Thanks, Thank man. you. Thank you. See ya. There he is, Michael Trudell. You, want, you wanted to do the whole spot on the I, name game. You have no idea how much I'm obsessing. I, in the middle of that interview, laughed to myself for more than 30 seconds thinking of Christopher Paul. I, you know, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. How annoyed would he be if you kept calling him Christopher? <laughs> I have no idea. I'd like to find the referee, out. The referee, you think referees called him Christopher after that foul? Maybe. I would like to find out. I would like to, I'd like to interview him and just throw it out there. What's up, Christopher? Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews.